to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Tonight, I'm teaching a topic that's interesting because it's one I've never taught alone you know like there are those topics that you there are those things that you refer to but then i don't think i've i can search for a frederick kaluluma sermon on it and i can find it but it's something that the lord impressed on my heart and it seemed good to us and to the holy spirit that this is a sermon that we should go for and one of the things that inspired it was a testimony that I received, which I'll read for you in the next minute. In the meantime, allow me to give you 30 seconds to share this broadcast. If you don't know how to find it, just search Apostle Frederick Kaluluma, like my page, we're only on 15,000. We might as well increase. Not so. Yeah. And then from there, let's just share it. Share the links. Share it with as many people as possible. If you're in the COL church groups, probably the links are already there. But we might as well give people life. This is beyond being positive. This is life. Okay? I received a message on... Um, I'm trying to see the day. Yesterday was what? Tuesday? And I want you to pay attention to the wording because it inspired some of the thoughts that have contributed to this sermon. And the message said, Good evening. I have been believing God for a permanent job for a while now, but even more so recently because I moved out. On Sunday during the service, you spoke in line with what was happening at the place I work. People started to give me work according to how they were feeling, and it got frustrating. When you said faith levels have increased, I prayed even harder. And yesterday, a friend of mine asked for my CV, and I sent it. This morning I was called for interviews, and I did well. Long story short, I got a new job today. I start work on Monday. So meaning, uh, the person experienced a bad God, right? 
Now, what I find interesting is that what they experienced was not, um, I wouldn't say it was immediate. I can say it was sudden because they have been praying about this for a while. And so there are times where we see things instantly and immediately. And then there are times it's more of the suddenly. But do you know what impressed me the most about their message? What impressed me the most about their message was not that they got the job. What impressed me most about their message was the words, I have been believing. It means they never stopped believing. How many of you have ever been there? I have, and I'll use this as an example. How many of you have ever been there where um, maybe you make a fuss about something, and then when it comes, you're embarrassed? Should I maybe give a clearer example? Like maybe you go to a restaurant or something like that and you're a very bad customer that day. Perhaps they had a hiccup or something. Then eventually when they deliver, you're enjoying the food so much you're embarrassed about, about the fuss that you put up. As in the food is nice. It's not even a question. As in when receiving it, you're even like, we'll see if this food of yours is even nice. One bite, hey! You're like, just like heaven. <laughs> it feels like heaven on earth. Or have you ever been angry at someone only to find out they were not the ones who were wrong, it was you? Like, after you have towed off, only to discover you're the one who sent the message. They're like, oh, um, yeah. What am I trying to say? What impressed me most was the attitude and not necessarily the manifestation. Because the manifestation was always going to happen. It was never in doubt. Okay? There is what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. And You find them in Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 22. It first talks about the works of the and then talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And when you read verse 16, you observe that the flesh and the spirit are antagonistic. Now, one thing that will help you understand the fruit of the spirit is understanding whether it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, or it's the fruit of your spirit. Because if you read it from the Greek, it just says the fruit of the Numa. 
which is the same word for spirit. And as time has gone by and through study, I've come to realize that whereas it comes from the Holy Spirit, the fruit is of your spirit. And that is consistent with the scriptures. Because I can show you what Jesus said in John 15. Let's look at verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. The one with the responsibility to bear fruit is me. That's why he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you, that you may bear fruit and that your fruit may last. So when there's fellowship with the Holy Spirit, there is conception. And therefore, the attributes of this fruit come from him. He's the one who provides the seed for it. But we as the bride are the ones who bear the fruit. Why have I said that? That will help you understand why everyone can have the same Holy Spirit, but they're not bearing the same amount of fruit. And that's why you find that the fruit of the Spirit is not consistent in all believers. The potential to be consistent in all believers is there. But you can find not everyone is bearing and manifesting the fruit of the Spirit. Because you have to understand that it's your maturity. And that's why if you've observed, even the quality of it can improve. I was going to say as time goes by, but maybe let's say as perfection goes by, as maturity goes by, you find the quality of the fruit that you're manifesting can improve. Why have I started like that? Because there is one of the components of the fruit that I want to talk about. And the reason I've said this is because don't worry about God doing his part. I'm teaching you, I don't have to teach God how to do his part when it comes to you and the fruit. I'm teaching you because you have to do your part. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. He already knows his role. We're not educating him. Okay? So it's not like you can lift your hand and say, in the name of Jesus, fruit. God, God already does his part. And that's why we're exhorted to do ours. I want to talk about patience. 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 Interestingly, patience and faith go together. Patience and faith actually go together. And I'm going to show it to you from the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Maybe for context from verse 11. Oh, since I spoke like this at a midweek. Eh? Hebrews chapter number 6. Let's start from verse 11. It says, 
And we should desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Uh-huh. That you do not become sluggish. So it's not just the post of red who hates sluggishness. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It doesn't say, notice it says through faith and patience. And if we were to go through a study, you would come to realize that patience is a virtue that heaven notices. Like the testimony that has come through, eh? we may be celebrating the job, and yet you find God is celebrating the patience. God is saying, wow, my child didn't give up. This one knows the faith. Patience is a virtue that heaven notices. I can show you from the scripture that Jesus notices it. Revelations. And unfortunately, it's not always a virtue that everyone appreciates. Meaning, sometimes you can even be mocked or laughed at by believers. Revelations, chapter 2, verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. Let's start from 2, verse 2. Revelations 2, verse 2. Jesus writing a letter to an entire church. And what does he say? I know your works. God notices works. By the way, in case you think that the message of grace came to eliminate works, you've not understood it well. Because grace should actually produce more works. Why am I saying so? Because every church Jesus wrote to, he said, I know your works. Every church, notice, that's how he started. I know your works. In case you think your reward in heaven will only come through the reckless love of God. My friend, you'll find yourself <laughs> with one coin. Our works will be tested and put through a fire. Understand that grace actually produces works. So when you understand the element of empowerment. Okay, so it says, I know your works. It says, your labor, your patience. Jesus noticed their patience. And you know, the advantage with God is that he looks on the heart. He noticed their patience. I don't believe this, this message has come in vain. Um, usually when God gives me a message like this, there's something very prophetic he wants to do to, for somebody. But he's telling you, saying, I've noticed. I've noticed the patience. There's somebody here, he's saying, I've noticed the labor. And interestingly, there are some of us who, maybe even I haven't noticed your labor. I haven't noticed your patience. Probably nobody else has. Or maybe we've noticed, but to the level 30%. We, we may not know the fullness and the depth to which you have labored for the work of God. Labor. By the way, the labor being spoken about there is laboring for the work of God. If all you do is labor for worldly institutions and don't labor in the house of God, what's there for God to notice? Do you think you'll be entering heaven and you'll say, um, I know the way you worked for Mr. Thorncroft, how you made him a lot of money. You think that's the biggest thing that, that will bother him? And spent all that money on vacations. And expected me to understand when you give your offering once a year. 
But nevertheless, my love is so... I love you so much that I'll just uh, disobey all my other things just for you. I'll, like, your reward in heaven is just special just for you because you're just different. Hey. <laughs> so he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience. God notices patience. He does notice patience. And like I said, because it's more internal, it's something that the rest of us may not be able to notice. But God does notice patience. Revelations 2 verse 19. Hallelujah, he's my friend. Hallelujah, he's my friend. Whatever may come tomorrow. Hallelujah. Okay, he says, I know your works, love, service. Are you saying the things Jesus notices? By the way, you know the advantage with reading some of these portions of scripture? You can start giving yourself a proper appraisal before you go before God. Don't you think so? You can give yourself a proper appraisal. Don't you remember when... We, I don't know if people still do that in university as well. I didn't do it in university. It was just my own style. I've never gone through past papers and the like. I just don't do that. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I just don't do that. But I remember in high school, about 11 years ago, that felt good to say, <laughs> when somebody's child was in pre-grade, Okay. When Natasha Mwansa. Well, I don't know what grade she was in. Nevertheless, in high school, I remember we would prepare for exams by answering exams. Especially that the exams were quite standard. Like how they, it's not a university where they shock you. That, maybe that's why I don't like university. Going through past papers is university. Like you can go through past papers, then they just come shock you. Like with a whole different pattern. At least high school, you knew that maths paper one comes like this, like this, like this. Who's ever been shocked before in university? Like, anyway, <laughs> like what's this? <laughs> like who is that? And he finds the lecturer has even come and he's standing and he's got this smirk on his face. Like, I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why? Anyways, I know your works, so these are things that God will praise you by. I know your love. Service. Service. In case you think you're doing us a favor by replying in the department groups. He says, I know your service. By the way, eh, let me not change the topic. Someone should just remind me. When I'm addressing workforce, I'll talk about this in the context of accountability. Remind me. How that, it's not that it's only God who will be noticing your service. Even those leaders who are above you must say something. Your love, your service, your faith, and your patience. Hey! As for your works, the last are even more than the first. 
it says, your love, service, faith, and your patience. I'm talking about patience. Jesus notices patience. Now, Revelations 13 verse 10. Let's, let's look at one more. Revelations 13 verse 10. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword shall be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. As I said, patience and faith, they go together. Now, patience is that... Let me give you one more that just shows that patience is noticed. Second Thessalonians chapter number 1. And verse 4. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God. For your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So that we make it easier. How many of you, especially in the past few years, or I don't know, have heard all sorts of negative comments about the ministry of healing? Raise your hands. Like you've heard negative comments about the ministry of healing. Okay. How many of you still believe in healing, despite all the negative stuff you've heard? Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. How many of you were expecting maybe this thing that has been going around the world to have gone maybe within a week or two? Raise your hands. I was. I still expected to go today. <laughs> but how many of you have still kept the faith? That God is still the one who sustains. Okay. How many of you have heard negative things about pastors? Like you've heard those? Like you've read. Hey. <laughs> like some of you, it's not even like in the background. You've even been told that your pastor. <laughs> the things I've heard people being told. Hey, Shanuko. I want you to see this long message. Hey, don't think as if I'm like one of those grass eating Shan Shan Shanuko. Hey. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've heard all sorts of things about that. Raise your hands. But how many of you still believe in the ministry of a pastor? And you still love your pastor? Congratulations. That's patience. You know, that's a manifestation of patience. That's a manifestation of patience. It's that divine quality of being able to wait for a manifestation with the right attitude. And not just the right attitude, but to do the right things as well. And it also manifests in one continuously serving God and doing the right thing. Even as they await for certain manifestations. And when I tell you faith and patience go together, let me tell you what I mean. It's interesting that because you can never exhaust God at all points of your life, there will always be something else you are being patient for. Let me explain. Just in case people think patience only manifests in bad moments. There are still certain miracles I, I want to see. There are still certain miracles I'm waiting to see. When this whole thing hit the world, how many of you have observed 
from listening to my sermons that I rarely talk about it. It's rare. Like, if you joined us recently, many of us have never heard me talk about this thing. I'm not even going to say its name. I don't want it in my sermon on the podcast. Have you ever wondered why? God spoke to me and told me something. He said, don't change your message. He said, don't change your message. Should I give you the exact verse he gave me? First Timothy, actually Second Timothy, chapter number four. And verse two. Preach the word. That's what he told me. Like, just preach the word as it is. Be ready in and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And what's the other word for long-suffering? Patience. Like, you just teach it with patience. You keep believing it. You see 15 manifestations, keep believing. 30 more. Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing it. And you observe that patience produces a certain endurance. And how grace works is that there are moments grace comes for enjoyment. And then there are moments grace helps you endure. But endurance is always for a joy set before you. The Bible says of Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now, a few manifestations of patience for, for purposes of balance. The first one that we must know of which I can do a whole sermon on, is patience manifests in our waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. Patience manifests in our waiting for the return of Jesus Christ. Who's ever read the parable of the ten virgins? Is it the ten virgins? I think that's the one that made people start singing about give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning. But then the, the, the master is not the one who gave them oil. <laughs> no, it wasn't the master's job to ensure they had the oil. It wasn't his job. And he was angry at them for them not having the oil. Observe something. They were all waiting, but five waited differently. Praise God. It's, it's, it's beyond, let, let's look at it maybe, because, you know, when you're the pastor, you're concerned. Some people may have never read it before in their lives. But they are say, pastor, you're right. Catch in the background. Ten virgins. Uh, Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is the same one as the parable of the talents, right? Have you read the parable of the talents? It should get you alarmed when it says the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to. It says the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Uh-huh. Now five of them were wise. Five were foolish. I think when doing, it's okay. No, it's okay. I was going to say something that's just no, it's okay. <laughs> I was going to say when I'm going to do a ladies' conference. 
I'll, I'll encourage them. If you're not married, keep your virginity, but just add wisdom to it. Those who are foolish, notice, they were virgins but foolish. Anyways, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Uh-huh. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they were prepared to be patient. Next verse. But while the bridegroom was delayed, who's ever experienced some form of delay in life before? Hey, some hands. <laughs> like where, like you know, there are times where you know that like, I, I, I think by now it should have been like this. Yeah. So meaning there's, the bridegroom was delayed. They all slumbered and slept. Next verse. At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Next verse. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Uh -huh. And the foolish said to the wise, give us an impartation. <laughs> like lay hands on us. Want to receive the gift of saving God in church. Impart on us the rewards you've had. Anyways, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Uh -huh. But the wise answered saying, no, lest they should not be enough for us and for you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Let's go on. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who already went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Now, every if you study even men and women of God, or if you study great revivals, they've all lived with a consciousness that Jesus would return in their generation. So that aspect of waiting for the Lord, there is... Let's say the adventure, there are other days I can oversleep. There are some days where it's impossible. Who's noticed that when you're traveling, somehow the sleep goes? You sleep like everyone else, but there's... What am I trying to suggest? That patience is not merely waiting. Patience is not merely waiting. Because waiting alone is not enough. It's not, it's even beyond the attitude when waiting. It's the, pre, it's the preparedness as you wait. Have you observed how, they are, how certain animals hunt? They are patient. That doesn't mean that their patience means they are sleeping while looking at the animal. No, there's an aspect of focus. You find that there is a focus they have. Just watch a cat wanting to hunt a lizard. Okay. Watch a cat trying to hunt a lizard. It manifests patience. Its patience is not its sleeping. No. Its patience will be it will position itself. It will watch. 
you'd watch, then boom, action. Guys, what's going on with the mics? Give me my sound back. Praise God. James 5 and verse 7. James 5 and verse 7. Let's look at it. The Bible says, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the earth, the early and latter rain. The question is, does the farmer, what differentiates the farmer from Mr. John Chimfuembe? What do you think differentiates the two? How do you know that the farmer is expecting a harvest? He prepares the ground. So there's an aspect of preparation. So the comparison of, of patience is not the guy who's seated loitering. The comparison of patience, interestingly, is not the, is not the guy who's begging by the roadside. Interestingly, the comparison of patience is a farmer. And being a farmer is not for a lazy person. Somebody say patience. patience. Live as if Jesus is coming back today. Don't live as if there are 15... Notice what David said. He said, teach me to number my days that I may obtain a heart of wisdom. So there is a wisdom that's manifested when you've got an urgency. Ladies and gentlemen, what if Jesus comes back before you're 50? And you are planning to serve the Lord when you're 50? What if you've said, okay, let me just for now just focus only on school, then I'll serve the Lord. You think when Jesus is coming back, some people won't be in university? Why do you think we train you to serve the Lord zealously in your youth? Don't you think when Jesus is coming back, there's some people who will be found in their youth? Who says you will find everyone at the age of 90? What if he comes back today? What would you say about service? What would you say about patience? What would you say about faith? Would you say, I kept the faith, I fought the fight? Somebody say glory. glory. Say one more time. For this, in light of this patience, we have to, this patience of waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ comes with an element of suffering. By that I mean we are persecuted, we are mocked, they write books about us, they make YouTube videos, they say all sorts of things. They say, oh, you're still waiting for him. They, they insult, they call us names, but we keep our heart going, going. Can I continue? There are a few things I want to say about patience. Let me give a few manifestations quickly again. Patience manifests in our character. If you are patient, it will manifest in how your character is. I, I keep using that example, right? Now, imagine if we're waiting for that job and I've been declaring every Sunday. 
imagine if the person developed an attitude of, ah, it's just declarations. What would have happened when the declaration which was propelling them came? It would have bounced back. So patience manifests in your character. How's your attitude like? How's your heart like? James, chapter 1, verse 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you go through diverse kinds of temptation, various trials. For the working, uh -huh, let's go, for the testing of your faith produces patience. Go on. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So you've not come to a place of maturity if you've not learned to exercise the virtue of patience. That means, let me explain this. That means, when, when I say it, it, it produces a certain perfectness in you, you won't be so easily moved. For example, you've read in the scriptures that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although being rich, he became, yet for your sakes, he became poor, so that through his poverty you might be rich. And you keep doing everything that you can do rightly. Then one day, you hear a testimony of somebody, and that person has now made $2 million. And everything about you now goes... Next thing you know, you make two, three, four, five months of bad financial decisions because there's a stability you didn't have. Lack of patience can make you dig a pit for yourself. And I've not said patience means sitting around and lazing around. But it's, oh, wow, he's done it for you. I celebrate you. Learn what you can learn from them. But don't get destabilized. That's why people are getting in crazy debt because they are so destabilized. I'm telling you, that's why people are destabilized. It's not funny. I've sat down with people owing hundreds of thousands, and I'm not joking, hundreds of thousands. And you find from their salary, which is a very good salary, they're only touching 500 kwacha because there are also other things they are paying. And when I ask them, what did you use the money for? They can't remember. And if you investigate you find it was a desire for very quick money. It means there's a perfectness that has not come to their character, which comes through patience. Hey, I don't know how best to explain this. I don't know how best to explain this. It's not lack of faith if you order a Corolla, if that's what you can afford, and you can't afford a Mercedes at that point. It's not lack of faith. You order it, drive it, thank God for it, build up for the next level. But then if you had to order the other one, which you can't afford, and it puts you in a very bad position over a Mercedes, you lose, I mean, you lose everything. Because you read to my comments that it's better to cry in a Mercedes. <laughs> My friend, it's better. <laughs> the price to pay for a peace of mind, a peace of mind is better than so many things because a peace of mind can bring you a lot of other things. So ladies and gentlemen, it's that same, that issue of perfectness in your heart. If I could have a hundred kwacha for 
every person who has told me, Pastor, warn the young ladies, don't marry a worldly man. Please warn them. I'm not talking about unmarried people. If I could have a hundred questions, you don't know what I would buy right now. For everyone who's told me that, you don't know what I would get right now. Because they panicked. And then now they entered for death, till death do us part. It's one thing to fight over text, and you all go do your own things. Another thing to be in the same house. In a culture, in a culture where the woman is expected to ship Ikisha, and you can't report anywhere, and if you do, you're taught to be strong. You'd have wished you could have been a bit more patient. So it manifests in your character, okay? And it also manifests, I can have a few more minutes, right? It manifests in how we treat, let me finish this next week. I've got, no, no, it's 1856, and just this point alone, here's why sometimes they'll say things like, let me finish this next week. I would rather give something in its full counsel than just rush it. I have to be patient. But, can I leave you with a thought? I want to leave you with a thought. Genesis chapter 6 tells us, Genesis 6 is very interesting because I think it's a very mystical chapter. Don't you think so? Don't you guys think so? By the way, with this thought, it doesn't have to be on the podcast, okay? Yeah, so you can end it there. So Genesis 6, it's a very mystical, mystical chapter. You know why I say so? Because in Genesis 6, um, we see at that point the angels are referred to as the sons of God. Not that they were sons of God, but that's how they would refer to angelic beings. And we see them coming on earth and sleeping with women, right? And then they produced what was called the Nephilim, right? And then the Nephilim were giants, champions, heroes of old. So some of those uh, superhero movies you watch or whatever you watch, you never know. There could have been some strange hybrid creatures that existed. And God wanted to wipe them out, right? Come on, guys, we've all read Genesis 6. And so God gets angry at man, but it says, but Noah found grace in the sight of God. And then Noah finds grace in the sight of God. And the Bible also tells us he was perfect in his generations. So a very high chance his generations had not been contaminated like some of those women had been. Okay? Um, there are some people who believe that the reason that those that were inspired by Satan to do those things were trying to eliminate the promise because the promise in Genesis 1 was that the seed of the woman was the one who was going to damage um, Satan. So why not mess with the seed? Nevertheless, Noah was perfect in his generation. So his generation was clean because he was straight from the generation of uh, Abraham, got Isaac, Jacob, all those, all the... No, not Abraham. He was from the Adams, right? 
yeah, going down. And I think the year of the flood was the year Methuselah died, right? I did the calculations one day. Like this one lived up to this. I did all those calculations. Now, God tells Noah to build an ark. How old was Noah when he was told to build the ark? You go read. How old was he when he started building? How old was he when the water came? If Noah had sat and not built anything until he saw the drops of water, would that be described as patience? So my question, which is my homework for you, is what was the manifestation of Noah's patience? Praise God. I've got one more question. Just one more. One more. Because I don't want us to have the wrong mindset of patience. So I'm going around with your mind a little. In cooking, which I'm a master of, Why is my wife laughing? <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> so, in cooking, um, unless it's a microwave meal, there's no meal that's ready in one minute. As a matter of fact, I've learned that if Usually, if I want the best meals, I shouldn't be asking, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? Oh, so I meant no one should be asking me, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? <laughs> so meaning, there's patience that's applied, right? But here's my question. Do we get the food and just like drop it on the cupboard, on the table, and just look at it and say, we're being patient? that we'll have a meal. We're being patient that we'll have a meal. Because sometimes that's what we think patience is. Or is there something going on in that waiting? Is there, is there something going on? Some things we have a hand in. Some things we do our part and then leave it, let's say, to the stove to do its part. Lift your hands. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting on board. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. It's an honor to wait. That's our end. Father, thank you. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord, for all the miracles we've seen. Thank you, Lord, for all the manifestations we've seen. But Lord, today we even thank you for that which we've not yet seen yet. We thank you, Lord, even for those manifestations we've not yet touched with our hands. And this is what we tell you, that we are not withholding our joy for you until then. We still celebrate you now and we'll celebrate you then. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the return of Jesus. I thank you for the return of Jesus. Lord, we believe in the return of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all the faith declarations we've been making. Some of them we've been making them even when we've still been experiencing hard times. Now, Lord, as a pastor, I pray that, Lord, people have endured. May they now experience the joy of that endurance. And, Lord, may you give them their just reward in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.